Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Again, let's just relax, remind ourselves that we're exactly where God wants us, and that all our circumstances are things we've agreed to, that who you truly are in your spirit knows exactly why you're in the situation you're in, the circumstances you're in, the people you're in relationship with, and that they're all for your good. A lot of times we look at, okay, what's what's the good? What's our circumstances? What's good about it or... What am I gaining from this? What am I learning from it? And we have a tendency to be so short-sighted. And even this lifetime is short-sighted. We think in terms of this, you know, a few decades, really, of our lives that everything has to be decided. You know, the whole idea of, We are born on this earth. We don't have any control over that. We don't have any control over when God reveals himself to us, when we experience salvation. And you can't experience salvation without God revealing himself. It's it's God himself who calls us, God himself who reveals and changes us and re-spirits us. It doesn't matter how many times you've been ministered to and until God is the God is the one who reveals and changes us and we're born again in him not into a church not into a religion not even to into a belief system but it changes our relationship with God himself and only God can do that so when we remember how many things are not under our control in our relationship with God, that it's about our spirit, it's about the relationship between our spirit and God's spirit. And that, you know, think about so many people have been born on this earth and have left this earth that, that God didn't choose to change, didn't choose to reveal himself to didn't re-spirit them. And we have this, we come up with the doctrines and belief systems to explain God and explain why he does things. You know, there's the whole idea of, you know, that, that God preordained and because he knew which people were going to refuse his overtures. So, They, you know, he already knew, he predestined and preordained those who were supposedly going to hell. And then there's, you know, all different versions of, you know, uh, people who, you know, harden their heart to him or they deserve to go to hell. Things like that. When really we don't have enough information to be determining or even describing or evaluating God's overarching plan. This is where we can come back to relying on God's very nature. His nature is love. And we we can't even, you and I, in this body, 
with the soul that we have, it's really hard for us to comprehend the true nature of God's love for us, for his creation, for others. His very nature being, you know, eternal, omnipotent, you know, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-creative, all-nurturing. The, you know, we you know, if we think about what what is love, you know, we think about emotional love. We think about nurturing. We think about you know, all we each have our own perspective on on what love is. But it's all limited by our own experience, by our own creativity that we have that's limited in our soul and in our, our body. Yet God is all creative. Everything came from his creativity. Even our doubts, our questions, our, our challenging him, our hard-heartedness, our our stubbornness, our uh, turning him away, that's all from him. All things come from him. All things return to him. So to think that we under, can, can try to understand, to come up with our own belief system, our own doctrine about this is what we're here for, this is what our purpose is, this is why God does certain things, when really it's just the simplicity of devotion to Christ. And by devotion, I don't mean just, you know, oh, I can't wait to be with him. You know, uh, he's all my all in all. That's all I need to know. Everything else, you know, is just uh, just occupy till I come, just hanging around until he does the next thing. If you look at it in terms of we are here, you are here on this earth deliberately. It is not an accident that you are here on this earth, that you have the parents you had, the situation you had, the circumstances you're in now, what your tomorrow looks like. None of that is an accident. Your strengths, your weaknesses, the mistakes, your victories, none of those are accidents. God doesn't do accidents. He never says, whoops, I didn't see that coming. And he's never wasteful. There's no shadow, there's no aspect of God that does not use the most of everything he is. Everything is intentional. Now, again, we have come up with how to describe God's nature. Oh, he's loving, he's kind, he brings us joy and healing. Think about the need for healing. Our wounds come from God. And everything that comes from God serves his purpose. And what is his purpose? that we would be restored, our soul would be restored to our spirit. So we would become one in him, spirit, soul, and body. So that we would, whatever it is here on this earth, and whether it started before our little journey to this, this blue, blue marble, or whatever comes next after we leave this blue marble, whatever is necessary to 
produce in us something that God himself values. Now, we've talked about before that I think at least the very something we can all understand is the whole concept of appreciation, that Adam and Eve, while they were one with God, could not value, did not value his presence, his being, that he was meeting all their needs unconditionally. And since he'd always done that, whether it was for a few years, a few decades, a few millennia, God was meeting all their needs. They never had any wants. They never had to strive for anything. And because of that, they took him for granted. And God didn't hold that against them. That's the way God created them, is their natural state here on this earth as a, as a spirit with a soul that lived in the body that God gave them. God gave them a body. God gave them each a soul. And that spirit was still one, one with God. And God created them that way here on this earth. So it's not that he held it against them that they could not experience gratitude. They could not appreciate him. But that was a... And then again, this is just my starting point. That was something that God valued in humanity, in us, in our forefathers, our, our first mother and father, our, par- our great, 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 you know, et cetera, et cetera, grandparents, that he wanted to be appreciated and valued. There was something, and it's not so much that he wanted it, but we need to be. And we we kind of touch on it. There will be times when we are in experiencing his presence and there's a, a sense of oneness with him that we appreciate and value who he is and then it's fleeting and we go back to our day-to-day grind. And Whatever it is that God is producing in us, this is the the process and the plan that he's using. And so we want to, can we say, make the most of our time here on this earth to put aside our own doctrines and our own preconceptions and sometimes our own values. We value, you know, uh, being a good Christian. We value having an impact on our world. We value having others look up to us for our high value, our high moral standards. And yet none of those may be what God is working in us as individuals. Now we've talked before about our actions don't necessarily reflect what God is doing in us. God may be calling one to give them that project of speaking life, speaking wisdom, correction to presidents and kings. And that was what was set aside for that particular person. 
not to accomplish God's will, because God doesn't need us. He's a big God, and he has no equal, and he has no enemies. But he has chosen that person for that task. That's all that is, is a task. And that as that person accomplishes that task, it will make a change in that person. And that's who God cares about. It's not the presidents and kings in the world. Again, God can turn their hearts while they dream. He turns their hearts all the time. He changes their mind. He takes them out of that situation. He doesn't need our help to do that. But he's working something in that person that he has sent to speak to kings and presidents. And it's that change in that person that he values. And it's the same as for the housewife with, you know, four kids under five that has no time for God and has no time to spend waiting on him even to, or, or spending time with him or thinking about, okay, what doctrines do I believe that are wrong? that has no time on her hands for anything but taking care of those babies. But the time she does have, she values the presence of God. She, she spends you know, time here and there waiting for him, trusting him, being and doing the best she can and letting God do what he wants in her. Letting go of the the notion that she needs to accomplish something, meet somebody's standards, but can have that confidence and patience while God is forming in her the the same changes that he's forming in the one who speaks to kings and presidents. He's forming in the the mother of, of four children or anybody in between that he is doing the work that he wants in us, and he puts us in the circumstance. And each one of those circumstances is of equal value to him. The, you, you are of equal value to God as Billy Graham, as any other, you know, how, whoever you admire in the faith, you know, whether it's Joan of Arc or... or uh, the Pope, whoever is meaningful to you, remember, you are a joint heir with Christ, a co-inheritor with him. You and I are God's sons. God created Adam, his first son. We are all now equal in spirit. And the task that he has placed for, for us to do is simply on an individual basis to form in us that which pleases him, which will eventually end up bringing us into that oneness. So we, you know, and this is hard. This is part of our enemy, not God's enemy. It's something that God created for us to overcome and it's that part of the what we can call the spirit of this world, the world system. And the Christian world system can be more powerful for you and I who, who are following Christ. It can be more powerful in our lives 
than any other influence that the devil might be involved in that that our own you know insecurities or or lifestyle may be involved in it can be as more as as detrimental and influential and and keeping us from being able to rest while God does his thing is the christian the religious and even sincere uh, movements can interfere just as much as any other or more, any other influence that we come, again, come across in our uh, lifetime walking here on this earth. So we want to remember that it's a day-to-day, sometimes a moment-by-moment relationship that we have with God that he values. And part of our privilege is to start valuing what he values. And the more we value and are not just not just thoughtfully and, and or even vocally thank you know, thank God thank you God for this day. You know, we say a blessing over our food, regardless of whether it's worthy of blessing or not. But today, you know, we say today is the Lord, today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And we say that and we don't know what it means. It's not passive. We are not to be passively going, riding this, this earth through this planet around the sun. We are here to make the most of our journey. One of our big challenges is we so often, either one or both, want to tell God what he needs to do. You know, whether it's prayer for others or telling him what he, you know, needs to do for us. Or we want to do it ourselves. We want to fix ourselves. We 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 want, okay, this is a problem I'm having with God, with God, with having God fix it. You know, we even you know, even in our requests for wisdom and guidance, we okay, God, here's the problem, what's the answer? Patient with us. He just like with, with any ch- child that's always asking why, 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 why? As annoying as it is, we know it's just a phase they're going through. So you and I go through different phases. And part of the, our challenge is to just keep going through. Go through that phase. Don't plant your, your tree there. Keep going. Because what's going to happen is you're going to find out that none of what you thought was going to satisfy you satisfies you. And we're not looking for any glorious, you know, impact. We're looking for contentment with where we are right now. You don't have to be Billy Graham. You don't have to speak to kings and presidents. You are just where you are, recognizing that God, that you are already in the kingdom. The kingdom isn't built. He's already built it. The kingdom isn't built. It's entered. And it takes effort. 
not to fix ourselves, not to heal those wounds. And remember, it's our soul that has created a self-idol, self-control, self-discipline, self-ideas. We've, uh, you know, yourself, again, that's built on your soul, has created an, an ideal God, an ideal you, an ideal life. You have your own imagination. You have your own emotions. You have your own way of doing things. And that structure, that wall, that way of thinking and living is between and is interfering with your soul returning to its original relationship with your spirit. And only God can remove that self. Because your self will be there as long as your wounds are. Where you have wounds, there's interference between your soul and spirit. Where you believe lies about the doctrines, about your purpose here, about the nature of God. Where you believe lies, there's interference between your soul and spirit. If you think that you have to earn God's love, that's a lie that is between and interferes with your soul and spirit. And that's at least from where we're where we're seeing now, at least where I'm seeing now, that's the first goal for God is to restore your soul. Restore my soul to where it was meant to be. That's that's the big difference between you and I when 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 God took physical form and sent his son as a spirit with a soul that lived in a body, to this blue marble. The big difference was, is he came, spirit, soul, and body, with no separation. No separation between his spirit and soul, or his soul and his body, or his body and spirit. He was one. He came as one. Now, what's interesting is, That's the same way God was, uh, Adam was created, and then Eve. We'll have to get into that sometime about why they're why they're why he made them too. But Adam was whole and complete and entire, spirit, soul, and body. When when he and Eve died. Their soul didn't die. Their body didn't die. It was their spirit that died. And their spirit, nobody's spirit could be restored until Jesus. That's, that's the, the, the tremendous nature of salvation. Nobody experienced salvation. It didn't matter even... Even if they were walking with God, Moses face-to-face with God, he didn't experience salvation. His soul responded directly to God without his spirit, so that when he came down from that mountain, the spirit faded. 
because there was nothing holding it there. His spirit was still dead. Salvation was not available. The disciples walking around with Christ, salvation was not available. It was not available until he rose from the dead. That was the goal. Not paying for our sins, but the resurrection. Because it's the resurrection that restores our spirit on an individual basis. It makes salvation available. In order to get there, Jesus had to bear the burden of all our sin, of all our self, of everything that our soul's soul has experienced that separates us from God. We think of sin as, you know, murder and, and, you know, all these terrible things. But it's anything that separates us from God. And that's our whole lives. Without God, we are separated from God. We're separated in spirit. If your spirit is dead, you are 100% separated from God, from communicating with God spirit to spirit. Because your spirit is dead. Now, once you experience salvation, boom, you have a new spirit. And you are now one with God in your spirit. Now, I don't know, you know, whoever you are, think of you, you have a spirit. And and whether you're born again or have, have gone through a salvation experience or whatever, you have a spirit that is eternal and one with God. What he does with that while we're here on this earth and we're separated in spirit, I have no idea. I don't know whether it's dormant within each one of us or if he's got it in a lockbox somewhere, wherever he is, maybe on Saturn. He's keeping our locked up, you know, spirits on Saturn or something. Who knows? A whole other dimension just for for our, our sleeping spirits. And then when when he chooses us on an individual basis and said, okay, I'm going to restore that spirit. And he says, you over there, come unto me, and I will give you the rest. I will give you the rest. And he puts the spirit back where it belongs, in that individual person. And then the real work begins to restore the soul to that particular spirit. So, again, there are so many things we don't know. What we always go back to is what is the nature of God. He is never in a hurry. He is never surprised. He has no enemies. We have enemies because he wants us to have enemies. We, there's something we've talked before about the very nature of our soul is control. God made it that way. That it's a, it's a fundamental characteristic of our soul, our mind, will, and emotions to, to understand, to control. I don't know, we don't know whether the soul existed before we came here, whether we'll have the same soul after we leave. We just don't know. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm curious about it, and I'd love to talk to, to God about it. Well, I talk to him about it. I'd love to hear from him about it. But the point being is that 
it, we don't need to know all the answers because we know God. And the more time you spend with him, the more you are able to recognize. And it's not necessarily by words or by, uh, you know, okay, oh, that's God correcting my thoughts. He, he simply, by his very presence, revealing himself, and you giving him time to do that and and letting it sort of speak like in like making a cup of tea it it permeates your soul and sometimes even your body your spirit's going to be unchanged but he makes himself known and we can release those things that at one time maybe we thought this is a hill i'm going to die on because God himself is drawing us. God himself is restoring our soul. But there are things that he has set apart for us to do. Think about when Jesus was walking around. He didn't just sit by the roadside waiting for the time when he was supposed to be grabbed up by the soldiers, taken before Pilate, and then crucified to pay for the sins of the world and the resurrection. He didn't just, those were the main events that he came for. But in the meantime, he had some disciples to teach. He had some people to teach. He had the world to teach. He proclaimed the truth. He explained the truth. And then he revealed the truth. He did it. He, he said it, he taught it, and then he showed it. This is what it looks like to know God, to know the Father. So I also want to thank everybody for, for your, your support for this podcast. I don't say that enough, but I do really appreciate all the listeners and getting feedback and uh, we'll be looking at, at making it easier to, to give some of that feedback. But in the meantime, just want to say thank you for we've been doing this for quite a few few years, and I do appreciate so many of you have been been with us for the from the very beginning. Thank you. We will be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a good night.